You're listening to Great Relationships. I'm Paul Moore here with Herman Eben, and we are at Great Relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Okay, well, almost right now, because the <laughs> last time we were together, sir, right up before the close of the program, we were talking about the image of God and how our design, male and female, reflect the image of God, and that's our best life moving forward. And you said Satan wants to distort that. Yes, he definitely wants to distort that. Anything that God presents to us that creates order, that creates a way to think, he is going to create a way to try to confuse that. But before we get there, let's let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you are a God of order, that everything that you present to us, that you have stated to us, is clear, straightforward. And I pray that we pay attention to you, not the confusion of the world. In your precious name, amen. And hallelujah. So here's my question, most succinctly as I can do it, and that's tough for me. The last time you said Satan loves to distort the image of men and women. Right. And it's prevalent in the world around us. It's it's very prevalent. All you need to do is think about the the message that the world is constantly presenting to men and women. But before we go there, let's back up just slightly to make sure that we reinforce something that's very important in my mind, and that is the designs of men and women obviously are in the image of God, and we want to help people understand, help us understand that when we don't pay attention to those designs, operating them in the image of God, things get worse. And here's the key example. What happened in the Garden of Eden? In the Garden of Eden, sin entered because of a bad choice, not paying attention to what God said. But that sin entered the Garden of Eden in the context of a marriage done wrong. That's what we want you to understand that if you have Eve operating in a leading role and Adam operating in a following role, that is not operating in the image of God or the image of their designs. That's not how God wants it to be operating. I know all the time that you say, Satan says, did God really say? Right. So you're telling me in this whole image of God, the design for men and women, Satan's actually saying, did God really say this is how you're supposed to be? Right. That's, it's the same issue. When we look at the designs of men and the designs of women, Satan, who's the ruler of this world, is going to speak in your ear through your sin nature going, oh, that can't be right. That isn't the way it works. Is that where I get a cross message? Like one side I'm supposed to be some NFL star or super spy hero, and at the same time I'm supposed to be like mega relational something? That's exactly right. That's, that's what I believe the message of the world is to men. Men are being told, you need to be this NFL player. You need to be this you know, muscular guy, like we were saying last time. And at the same time, they're saying you need to get in touch with your feminine side. They're giving you giving you this mixed message. Actually, there is a proportion of that that's needed at any one point in time. But the world wants you to be confused because Satan is the author of confusion. Remember that verse, James 3.16, where envy and self-seeking exist confusion and every evil thing are there. That's the, that's the role that Satan wants to play in our lives. He not only doesn't want us paying attention to God's word, but he wants us confused about life so that anybody's opinion will count in your mind instead of going, that's what God wants. God wants this different. When we pay attention to God's word, we have order that shows up. 
Okay, well then, help me for just a second. We've talked about being either James Bond or not, and mm-hmm. ironically, you know, in the last two James Bond flicks, even James Bond has become less masculine. Yeah, that's very interesting. Right? No, I, I mean, haven't think thought about, about that. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. If you look through all the different James Bond mm-hmm. characters, it's like the ice is starting to melt. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. Yeah. So that's for men. What about women? Same type of issue. What is what is the constant message that women are being told nowadays? You've got to have a career in order to be fulfilled. You can't stay at home and wipe snotty noses and have a fulfilled life. You've got to be powerful and get out there and have a career and bump up against that glass ceiling and I want you to break it. That's all power type stuff that has nothing to do with relations. And so what women are being told is relationships aren't fulfilling or satisfying careers. But at the same time, they are Satan's message is not only this be powerful just to be powerful, but also use your relationships to be powerful. And here's how do you think women are typically powerful in their relational qualities? It's all through this sexy image. That's what the deal is. Women are 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 absolutely phenomenal for a man's eyes to look at, and therefore what happens is a woman understands that and uses her image to be able to be powerful through sex. Not only are women told to do this, they're told you have to do this because you can't trust men. Oh, absolutely. And that's the Which reason. Which is destroying what God's design for men were, to be this covering, right? Well, I just can't wait to tell everybody about the judgments. because that's what you're leading up to right you're telling me but wait but wait that's exactly right we need to understand the designs and then once you understand the image of god and the designs that are built upon the image of god then you'll understand how those judgments work and why they are so effective you're going to understand that okay so in three minutes or less please help me help me understand the confusion of the design for men and women well, the issue is it's very simple, like we were just talking about. Men get told that they're supposed to be this, you know, masculine guy. By the way, masculinity and femininity, let's repeat this also, masculinity and femininity cannot be defined without considering the opposite sex. Now, here's what I mean. Mas- a man that is masculine in the world's viewpoint it's it's like you see this guy with a t-shirt on his sleeves are rolled up showing off his muscles that's what would be seen as a masculine man right well that is not anything more than just power that's nothing more than just testosterone that is not masculinity because if you want to define masculinity you have to do it in the context of the female meaning A man is masculine when he is providing and protecting a woman. A woman is feminine when she is helping and nurturing and supporting a man. That's what makes them masculine and feminine. What the world is trying to get you to think is a man is masculine only because of his testosterone. A woman is feminine only because of her estrogen progesterone. They need to understand that they use those hormones for the benefit of the other person. That's what makes them masculine and feminine. And I've heard you say, if you get this right, of course, this is in the videos at our website, greatrelationships.com. But I've heard you say that you want for men to be leading lovers and women to be lovers leading. 
leading lovers and loving leaders. That's that's what we want. A man to be a loving leader and a woman to be a leading lover. So that fits them into the design. A man does need to have his primary as testosterone power, but he does need to be relating. He doesn't need to be trying to be one or the other. That's what the world's message is constantly trying to promote. You need to be one or the other. You need to be a womanizer or you just need to be a person that's following a woman. And that's not what we're wanting to have happen here. The blueprint for life, 1 Corinthians 11.3, the blueprint for life is God, Christ, man, woman. And that's what most people will want to shy away from and say, oh, that can't be. That means that a woman is not as important as a man. And I'm going to sit here and say, well, if that's true, then Jesus must not be as important as God the Father. And that can't be true (laughs) because it says God, Christ, man, woman. There is nothing in this statement that has anything to do with value. Jesus is just as valuable as God the Father. Christ the Son is just as valuable as God the Father. A woman is just as valuable as a man. They just have different roles. We'll carry that on after the break. Equal in value, different in design. There you go. We'll be back right after this. Great quotes for great relationships. Ezekiel 33, 31. So they come to you as people do. They sit before you as my people, and they hear your words, but they do not do them. For with their mouth they show much love, but their hearts pursue their own gain. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Jackhammer, saws, pliers. Is your toolbox complete? Add some critical thinking tools to your kit as you listen to Worldview Academy's Bill Jack with simple tools for brain surgery. When Ben Franklin, then in his 80s, called the Constitutional Convention to pray, he brought agreement among the delegates. But many historians claim Franklin and the Founding Fathers were deists. A deist believes God wound up the universe like a clock, then set it on the shelf to run its time out, and walked away. For a deist, prayer would be nonsense. And if the majority of delegates were also deists, why didn't they scoff at Franklin's request? Were they hypocrites just seeking public approval? No, our Founding Fathers understood the need to seek the favor of the living God. The true founder of this nation. Oh, that all elected officials understood what that old deist knew. Another simple tool for brain surgery. To add more tools to your kit, call 1-800-2411-123. You're listening to Great Relationships. Glad you're back. The information that we're talking about is contained in Chapter 2 on the website. Is that correct? That is correct. And that's Great Relationships, GR numeral 8, relationships.com. We could use the rest of the program discussing how Satan distorts everything. That's right. We could do poor me. But the good news is, Mm -hmm. if I'm hearing you correctly, God has designed relationships to be complementary. That's exactly right. That's the key that we want to focus on. And the issue that we want to pay attention to, though, talking about this complementary issue, remember what Matt has talked to us about as this Ishanishah? Oh, that's right. In fact, Matt, if you'll come join us, Matt Montgomery is our chief engineer and a Hebrew scholar. In fact, on the website, we have a video where Matt gave a teaching on this very thing. 
A few years ago, I was studying some ancient Jewish commentaries on Genesis 2, verse 23, and I was just taken back about how similar it, it rang true with what Herman teaches regarding the attributes of God being poured into male and femaleness. I'd like to share with you a little bit about what I saw well, there. Well, you did during the break, so please, how are they complementary? Well, in Genesis 2:23, it says, And the man said, This is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. And the word there um, in the Hebrew for man is the word Ish, and it's spelled Aleph Yod Shin. And the word for Isha is Aleph Shin He. And so there's two unique letters in each of the uh, words for male and female. What's ironic is the Jewish sages teach that the letter Yod is a masculine symbol, and the letter He is always added to the end of a word to make it feminine. And when you put these two unique letters together, the Yod and the He, it forms the sacred name of the Lord, which is Yah. <laughs> and uh, so uh, he put the Yod into man and the He into woman and inscribed a bit of himself upon each of us. Wow, that sounds like what you're teaching. Yeah, what's so interesting about that, if you look at the video, is to see that if you remove the two letters that represent God, then it creates what Matt was talking about is fire, fire. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, the Hebrew word for fire is Aish, and it's spelled Aleph Sheen. Mm -hmm. And so if you remove either one of God's unique letters in the male and female uh, word Ish and Isha, then you're left with a double f portion of fire. Fire, which <laughs> you, said, you said we're not there yet. Wait, you want to talk about judgments? Well, it certainly is very interesting to see how God's image in this concept of Ish and Isha is, again, complementary. It's complementary only with God in the picture, though. And that's what's so important about this. If we look back to 1 Corinthians 11.3, we see this order for life. And God is saying, if you keep me in the picture, God, Christ, man, woman, this is going to work. You're going to be paying attention to order rather than value. That's what we need to be paying attention to. So if we understand that even in the names that God gave man and woman, he presented an order. When you take him out of it, order goes away and confusion starts. And that's what's so interesting. Highly, highly recommend that everyone take a chance to take, a, take the time to go look at those videos, the videos specifically that uh, Matt created out there, because it's very easy to see the, the way that the Hebrew letters are arranged. And that's Ishanisha. It's mm -hmm. a supplemental video. It's on the website. And good Lord willing, there's going to be some additional supplemental materials that's that right. we'll have out there for you. Matt, thank you so much for your insight. Yeah, and in fact, just taking that one additional step further, making certain that we understand why the order for life is the way it is. We have God, Christ, man, woman. Why is it that way? It is a order for protection. The man is to be protecting the woman. God the Father is protecting the entirety. And don't get this into your mind where your mind is going to go when we talk about this order for life. Again, don't let this become a value issue. Don't let this become a worth issue, meaning, well, man is, must, must be more valuable than woman. That's the reason why he's put over her. It is not true. 
that would that would negate the very thing that we said just a little bit earlier but that Jesus a, that Jesus would somehow be less valuable than God the Father. But the world has to spend so much time in value based on who's naming what and who's it. That's right. And we have this order, right? And we have this blueprint, First Corinthians eleven three that you talked about. But how many times have I heard you say, different in design? Equal in value. Equal in value and role. Yeah, equal in value, different in design and role. That's that's. Uh, I almost said that <laughs> incorrectly, because and that's this, the enemy trying to attack. Yeah, the, the enemy, Satan, wants us confused, and he wants us to focus on value. That is not the issue. The issue is whether we are doing our role. And when you do your role, it's complementary. You have the different roles of the Godhead. You have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They're doing their roles. They're all equal in value. Man and woman are equal in value. They are to be doing their different roles. And when we step outside these roles and step outside our design and operate more in development, you create confusion. You create a problem. So can I ask, it would be easy for me to be lost or dissuaded in the pecking order of things. But what you're really saying to me with this different in design, equal in value is our definition of love sacrificially, patiently, kindly, sacrificially, and unconditionally. Now, where am I to do it? How does a man do it? How does a woman do it? That's good. If you focus on the role and the design, that is how you are to be thinking about the other person. This is the way God established my role. This is the way God established my design. How am I to use this design, this role, to pursue the best for others, patiently, kindly, sacrificially, and unconditionally? That's a good way to think about it. Because God is, again, we (laughs) just keep repeating this, God is a God of order. He is not a God of confusion. He is not asking you to be confused about what he's saying. He's asking you to take what he says, understand there's a clear structure being set up when you operate in your design. There's another bad structure that's set up when you operate in your development. And the and Satan wants you to operate in your development that might cause you to think differently about your design. Okay, help me with the second. Design is what God intended, how I was created in his image. Development is because I am born into a fallen world that I kind of grow askew. That's exactly right. If we are in the world, we are subjected to all sorts of confusing messages. And unfortunately, the family is not operating most of the time in line with what God wants. And because of that, we are developing children that are out of context or out of uh, uh, out of their design is the better way to say it. But Satan's such a clever little dude, actually big and powerful mm-hmm. if we let him, because Hosea 4, 6 says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And yet, because we're attaining all these things in the world, we don't have mom and pop at home. Most people don't grow up in a Christian environment. So we look to the television, we look for the world to be told what we're supposed to be, and that message is wrong. That's right. The message of the world goes back to that confusing message we talked about a little earlier. Get guys to start thinking that it's just all about being this muscular guy and these gals to be thinking that it's just to be this sexy woman. That isn't what God is asking. That is a distortion of our designs. That causes us to be developed incorrectly. And God is asking us to recognize that we as a man are here to provide, protect, and preserve women, and women are to help nurture and support men. That doesn't make either one of them more valuable than the other. That's simply a role that God is asking you to take on. 
And I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm sure we'll get mail, but I remember when there was a communist Soviet Union, and alcoholism and all other kinds of things were rampant because the artificial environment wasn't real, wasn't what God mm-hmm. was intending, and these people were chemically responding to alleviate the pain. And mm-hmm. then I look at society today, and I keep thinking, we're living in this artificial ungodlike environment and then we're surprised that all these other things to try and ease the pain happen yeah we're we're literally creating more problems because we're simply not paying attention to the design of men and women we're creating more problems because we have this artificial environment like you're saying there it's not real and God wants us to be thinking about this differently. Or as you said, right, the fundamental choice is, am I going to trust right. God or trust, trust something, something else? Other. So the right. question I need to be asking myself during the break is, who's my who said so? Mm. Who's the authority in my life? Is that what you're asking me, Herman? If I'm going to get this, then I need to figure out, am I listening to the television or am I listening to this book you want me to read? That's right. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. It takes right thinking for right relationships right now. Great quotes for great relationships. That woman was taken from man no more implies the inferiority of woman to man than the taking of man from the ground implies the inferiority of man to the ground. Nor does the term helper connote subordination. Dr. Eugene Merrill. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships right now. Relationships can be great, and not just marriages or romantic relationships, all relationships. The Bible offers the same solution to what is essentially the same problem. What is the problem and what is the solution? Study along with us to find out. Great Relationships is a video course offering biblically-based insight on relationships. In each video, watch Herman tame tough issues by discussing them in a casual online learning environment. Each of Great Relationships' 12 chapters are subdivided into quick segments you can squeeze into a coffee break. So if you've had time to listen to this promotion, you have the time to sign up and start today. Visit our website at greatrelationships.com. That's G-R numeral eight relationships.com to sign up for our free newsletter. Pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. We're back. You're listening to Great Relationships website is grnumeral8relationships.com, and if you really want to do your homework, we're in Chapter 2 of the video material that's available at the website. Herman, before the break, you asked me, who is my who said so? Who is the authority in my life? And then you left me with this really uncomfortable feeling that my design and my development may be at odds because while I profess that God is my who said so, I'm listening to the world. I'm letting TV and magazines and popular opinion determine for me what it is to be a man. In fact, 
if you look at First Corinthians eleven three, you know, uh, our producer was sitting here talking about the four names stacked. It's First Corinthians eleven three. You know, God, Christ, man, woman. When yeah, well, you get a value out of that. You you start thinking value because well, they're in a hierarchy right there. That means the top must be the most valuable. That is not why God stated it that way. He stated it for the order for life, not the value for life, for the order for life. And it's supposed to reflect his image. So candidly, I'm going to say, Herman, I've slept since then. Yeah. So what (laughs) What is is the image of God? What is the image of God? Let's remind ourselves of that, that there is this powerful component and there's this relational component or there's this separate component and there's this belonging component. That's how we're looking at the image of God, which then aligns with maleness and femaleness. There's something about the way that God's image is best displayed in the very designs of men and women. Men are designed with testosterone to be more powerful. Women are designed with estrogen, progesterone to be more relational. So when the two come together, they are the best representation of the image of God. Or so we hope. (laughs) (laughs) But it doesn't tend to happen that way often because of the judgments, which we're not going to talk about, (laughs) and because of the development issues that go on. Okay, so wait a minute. Marriage is a gift from God. Mm -hmm. And when a man and woman come together in that covenant, that sacrament of marriage, they're supposed to be the best reflection of the image of God. But if I'm not reflecting my design, but rather my development, it doesn't matter who I come together with. I'm not reflecting God. You, You won't be reflecting God. You'll be reflecting a potential distortion of the image of God, meaning a man who's designed to be powerful may have been developed to be more relational. A woman that is designed to be relational may be developed to be more powerful. And that is a distortion of the image of God at that point in time. It may seem to be okay by a man being the relational component and a woman being the powerful component. Okay, that's the image of God still, but it's not going to work as well because a man is undercapacitated for relationships and a woman is under capacity for power in relationship. The story of Deborah in the Bible. Okay. Very subtle, but isn't that a very profound explanation of what you're saying? I, I really like that story. And again, Matt brought that to our attention to uh, have us think about it. Deborah was being a very valuable wisdom component on the strategy and how to lead the nation. But if you read the story, you'll find that at one point she would refuse to use a sword to kill one of the enemies because that was not the role of women. Isn't that interesting when you think about that? She was paying attention to her design. She was offering herself to be a wisdom in the leading of the, she's of the nation. She's leading. The situation dictates it. But she said, my God commands not Not to do this. I am going to do what my role is required here. Now, some people will say, well, she's just being all powerful there. I would grant you this is the thing that we teach as I work with women. She was being a leader in her design. She was being a leader by being relational. That is what I would want a woman to be doing in her leadership capacity, not to try to be powerful, not to try to bust the glass ceiling, not to try to be this, you know, all knowing, all seeing person that is just really powerful. I want a woman to lead with her greatest capacity, which is her relational capabilities. Research shows this. IBM did a study 
of all of their units throughout the world. And every time a woman was in charge, she was leading that unit more relationally. And a man being in charge, it was more about results and just get the thing done. Okay, well, a lot of people probably don't know that you're a big money executive coach. But one of the things I've heard you tell is people to lead in their design. Right. And when we do that, a man needs to be leading according to being testosterone. He doesn't need to be ignoring the relational component. A woman needs to be leading according to her relational component, but not ignoring the power component. We need to be leading according to our design. You will always have the opposite that you will want to bring into play. A man needs to be relating, yes, but he needs to be operating on the power component first and foremost. A woman needs to be relating, and she does need to be leading with the relating, but also she needs to have that power component. Let's just make certain that we understand that when we're talking about the order for life, it has no value, no worth component in it. It's simply roles. That's what we need to consider. And that's very clear when we look at God the Father, Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There are unity, and yet they have different roles. We get that from the Godhead. So when we look at, quote unquote, these four names stacked, we can see it and say, equal in value, different in design. Herman, I thank you, and we've been talking about material in Chapter 2 at our website, greatrelationships.com. That's GR numeral 8, relationships.com. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. It takes right thinking for right relationships right now. Welcome to Jack's Automotive Repair. How can I help you? I'm having a problem with my car. My horn doesn't work when I press on my brakes. You must be confused. That isn't how it's supposed to work. I probably am confused, just like the world is confused about God's design for men and women. God has designed men to be powerful and for women to be relational. But the world is trying to make women be powerful and men be relational. Everything is flipped from what God's word offers. So you're saying men can't be relational and women can't be powerful? Men can be relational and women can be powerful, but it needs to be in the proper proportion, otherwise it distorts the image of God, and that creates the problems in our relationships. Marriage in particular suffers from this more often than not. Join us next week when Herman invites you to have your relationship reflect the image of God. Using your horn is optional. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now.